比吗？孩子，你们百花村要经历一场磨难了，你要用这支笔保卫你们的村庄。The language they learn from these videos or films, they can use it straight away. They can repeat and then use it in the classroom. So I think that's the most valuable thing. The Chinese language film *The Magic Brush* sets the background for my discussion this week with Rita Wang. Rita is a Grade Two teacher and the Chinese coordinator at Richmond West Primary School, a government-funded bilingual school in the inner suburb of Melbourne. We've talked a lot on this podcast about teaching English as another language, so I thought it was about time to turn the tables and explore another language. Why Chinese? Well, Chinese languages, including Mandarin and Cantonese, now make up the largest proportion of non-English languages spoken at home in this country. It's time I learned a bit more about my Asian friends and their world. Join me as I take a few baby steps. The best short films for lifelong learning, recommended by teachers for teachers. This is Short Films Teachers Love, with your host Richard Lee. At our school, Richmond West Primary School, we offer、um, a immersion bilingual program to students from grade foundation to grade six. So students learn Chinese and also learn、um, applied maths and、um, the Chinese culture in Chinese for ten hours. Um, every week, so everything is taught in Chinese, including the literacy block,、uh, the numeracy、um, sessions, and the cultural studies as well. And on our bilingual team, we have, including me, we have five Chinese teachers. So, other than、um, apart from teaching, I started to take on some other duties. For example, running the professional learning team meetings, and also to work with our Chinese consultants to document the whole program, our curriculum, our assessment tasks, as well as to plan our sister school trip to China and host our Chinese visitors coming to Melbourne as well. And also, I'm teaching in the classroom most of the time during the week. And I have a great two Chinese class. Yeah, so that's this is what my week looks like every week. Yeah, yeah. fascinating. So you would have、uh, students who are both uh, native uh, Mandarin speakers as well as you know students whose whose native tongue is not Mandarin. Is that fair to say? Yes. So we have students called、um, second language learners. And background language learners. So, background langu- language learners are the students who、um, use Chinese at home. So, they might be able to speak to a mom and dad in Chinese or grandparents. So, they have the opportunity to use it um, um, outside of the school. And then, for second language learners,、uh, they learn the language in Chinese at school. And and are those that don't speak it outside school as well? That do you find that that's really difficult for them? Like, do they have an extra challenge because they're not fully immersed outside school as well? Yes, compared to background language learners,、um, so we try to get these students to use Chinese as much as possible during、um, the ten hours every week. So we read, we、um, do writing. And also, we do oral language activities as well. So,、um, for them, is to expand their Chinese vocabularies. That's the main thing because they don't have the oral language ready for reading and writing. But we do provide a lot of support、um, for parents 
For example, we run um, workshops for parents to learn pinging so they can help them to do their readers at home. And also from preps to grade two, so all the Chinese teachers will do um, audio recordings for the books they take home every day, every, sorry, every week. So the students will be able to listen to the recordings and then read their book. And also we send out the instructions for homework every week on our communication system called Compass. So we explain to parents, this is what they need to do. So please help them to do their homework this way or that way and how they need to read their book and how they need to do their handwriting. So all of these instructions are in English for parents to help them. It's um, it's such a fascinating thing. I, I first got interested in bilingual teaching when I, I got to film uh, at the Huntingdale Primary School and I watched the, the bilingual Japanese school and I was just so amazed with, you know, you, you had clearly those students who were Japanese or, or spoke it at home, um, you know, obviously engaged and the teacher was speaking in Japanese. But then, you know, little Caucasian kids and, and these were prep kids and they could obviously understand it as well and just the the full immersion of all the different subjects being taught about and spoken and, and everything in the other language it was it was clearly a good way to go you know it's just it was just amazing to see and I've got friends that say you know I would love my child to learn a second language and Chinese Mandarin is obviously a, a really good language to be, be learning in this in this time um, would you recommend, you know, is there a good starting age? Is it ideal for them to start as young as possible and, and be learning at a bilingual school? What sort of advice would you have to, to parents of non-Chinese speakers? I think that if they could start early, for example, um, primary school or even before primary school, um, I think if they could just um, be familiar with um, their are other languages and uh, listen to songs in a different language or just the oral language, say, saying hello or saying thank you in a different language. And um, I think the earlier they start to get used to other languages, the better, um, even though they're not reading or writing in a different language, but um, to be able to do really simple communications in a different language and listening to songs, watching cartoons in a different language, um, I think that would be really good. And the other thing is, um, I think the earlier they start to learn a different language, um, the easier they get the pronunciation correctly and um, to have, um, to, 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 sound more like native speakers. Mm-hmm. How, how did you learn both languages? Oh, um, I was born in China and I grew up in China, so Chinese is my first language. And then at school, um, English was taught as a compulsory subject. When I was in primary school, <laughs> we had just one English session every week. And then that was my primary school. And then I went to um, middle school, high school. Um, we have two hours of English every day. So that was a compulsory subject at schools. But when I was learning English in China, we did a lot of reading comprehensions, learning the vocabularies and doing listening um, activities or writing but we didn't have a lot of opportunities to actually use the language, so to speak in English. We learned most of the English from textbooks and didn't really 
do a lot of speaking exercise. But then when I went to university, I chose to do my degree through a bilingual program. So all the subjects were taught in um, Chinese and English. That was when I started to use it more often to to give presentations or um, attending tutorials um, that was um, given by teachers from Australia. So that was when I really started to use it. And and it's so, the two languages are so different. You know, I think for me as a native, uh, you know, English speaker, when I when I look at anything that's got you know Chinese characters in it, I'm just it's like a big brick wall. I just there is nothing about any of those characters that mean anything to me. And I remember I picked up a book, you know, when I was younger called Noodle Words. You know, and it sort of had a, a way of sort of making the the characters interesting and fun but even that I just it's so hard it's just it's so obscure and I realize how much of my world is just wrapped up in the you know the Latin the Roman characters that we have so how do you get beyond that you know it's just it surely by immersing yourself and starting young it seems to me that's just the best way to do it yeah, um, teaching characters um, is always the most challenging thing because for more, more students, um, Chinese characters are like pictures. So actually they are like strokes and components. And they are radicals and there are parts of the character that make the meaning and the other parts makes the sounds. So when we firstly started to teach characters, we do tell them actually Chinese characters were from pictures. Um, and then we tried everything we can to um, to show them the components in a character. And then gradually, one, gradually they learn more and more characters. We start to analyze them and we talk about the radicals. For example, if you see this part in the character, um, it relates to uh, things we eat, for example. Or if you see this radical, um, it has something to do with your hand. So... In grade one and two, we start to analyze the characters they have learned and also to use radicals and components later on um, to guess what they could mean in Chinese. Like when we um, read in English, there are words that we are not familiar with sometimes and we use the sentence to have a guess. We use the context. And the only thing is um, in English, we can sound it out but then Chinese, we can't do sounding out. Um, so they will have to use the radicals and um, the components to, to have a guess. Sometimes it is close enough. So that's, that's used as a comprehension strategy as well. So the, the thing that I, um, and obviously why I've, I've got you talking to me is, is about how film can be used. Um, the, the thing that occurred to me when, when I saw the, the Huntingdale School was that the, the texts that they were using were actually books that were written in the other language, so Japanese books. They weren't, they weren't books explaining to English-speaking students how to speak in Japanese. They were just children's books in Japanese. So they actually just, you know, throw yourself in and learn it that way. And, and so this idea of authentic texts, I think, translates to, you know, different languages but, but to different forms of text as well and so where I'm interested in film and film that is in another language so perhaps if we start talking about this one Peppa Pig this is the animated two-dimensional Peppa Pig show familiar in English revoiced in Chinese <laughs> Peppa Pig 
first of all, I think I do want students to understand that、um, what they watch here in English could be in Chinese as well. Peppa Pig is、uh, one of them、uh, that is like that everyone here is familiar with. If you say Peppa Pig, I think everyone at all、well, primary schools,、um, like everyone knows what it is, and they can tell you something about it. And the other thing is that、um, the topics that they have on Peppa Pig、um, are very close to children's like their own experience.、Um, talking about、um, birthdays, um, um, sleepover, or going to visit、um, grandparents, or come、um, having、uh, friends coming over, going to the parks, going to the pool. So the topics are very relevant to primary school students, especially、um, from prep to two early years. And also because、um, I have a grade two class,、um, and I think that they are still age appropriate, so they don't find it too boring. So they still have a laugh when they watch it.、Um, and also because it is age appropriate, so the language is in Chinese, so the language is、um, simple enough for them to understand. So when we watched it in the classroom for the first time, I asked them, okay. How much can you understand the whole、um, thing? I think we watched for ten minutes, and then most of them said, "Oh, I could understand sixty percent, eighty percent, seventy percent." So I thought that that's、um, just right for them. Not too hard, not too easy. So, yeah. So、um, and because this version I got was,、um, I think, was translated by native Chinese speakers. So、uh, the language they use. Are really Chinese. One of the challenging things that we have is to for students to realize sometimes the sentence structure or the order of the words are different in English and Chinese. So it's really important for them to listen to native speakers speak in Chinese,、um, and it's simple enough for them to understand, and they can have fun. So I think these are the reasons I chose Peppa Pig. That brings us to another one.、Um, actually, let's let's talk about the magic brush. In this lavish 3D animated scene, we see an old man with a flowing white beard talking to a young boy. He hands him what looks like a small Olympic torch. Boy says, "Is this a paintbrush?" Man responds, "Kid, listen. Your village is going to face a tribulation. You need to use this paintbrush to oppose tyranny and protect your homeland." The old man disappears in the clouds as he continues speaking. But do remember, as long as there's a beautiful painting in your mind, the magic brush can help you out from the darkness. So where Peppa Pig is culturally sort of English, it's fairly generic, and and then it's independent of different cultures. But it doesn't add a lot of our understanding about Chinese culture. Whereas I think the magic brush does. Can you tell me、yeah. about? Um, the insights that this movie gives us into Chinese culture and thinking.、Uh, with this one, it was part of the international film festival、um, that was held in Melbourne, and we went to watch the movie as a bilingual、um, Chinese excursion. The magic brush was originally based on a Chinese、um, fable, and it was something we watched、um, when we were growing up. Right. So. 
very well known and、um, everyone knows the story. And there is a lesson that we were expected to learn after watching the movie when, when I was growing up. What was the lesson? Oh, so not to be greedy. This little boy was given a magic brush. And he was, because he was so nice and kind and loves to help people, so he was given this、um, as a gift to help people. So whatever he draws on the wall、uh, will become real. So、uh, there was a drought in the village where he was living, so he、um, drew things that to help people to get water.、Um, and there was a girl who lost his sheep to someone else, and then he drew another one for the girl. So he, to do good things with a magic brush. But then one day,、um, someone heard there was this magic brush and wanted to take it away. And then, yeah, all the problems, and then it was solved in the end, like all the narratives.、Um, yeah, so it's more like it was more used as a cultural study、mm, instead of、mm. the language. And yet, when I looked,、um, I think I looked at this, there was a, a site where this movie was hosted. There was, there was actually a lot of criticism, and I'm, and I'm just relying on Google Translate here to, to get the sense of what people were saying. But There's kind of a criticism that it, that's a Hollywood style of movie. You know, they've, they've gone, they've made it very Western and, and that people were criticizing that. Can you, can you help me understand that? Is, that? is that a fair criticism of what you saw?、Um, I think the style of the movie it has changed. The version that it, we watched was more like a puppet、um, movie, that kind of. Yeah. That's more a style thing than a cultural thing. So that's, that's the way it looks rather than the actual meaning, though. Is that, is、mm. that right? Yeah. So the, I think the meaning behind the,、um, behind the story is, is still there. And then、right. also, some of the um, um, phrases or words used are quite Chinese. We were, we were saying that、um, we weren't sure whether students will understand that because、um, it was. Normally, use a Chinese context in China. So, the language,、um, I think, depends on the age group as well. We had grade threes to six to watch the movie. So, the language、um, could be still could be quite challenging for them, but from the animation, from the、um, context, they, they worked out what it meant. But I don't think、um, they. Um, would understand one. And also, I don't expect them to understand the, the language 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right.、Mm. And, and it kind of sets the aspiration there, doesn't it? You know, if you're, if you're watching something, you're motivated to try and understand what, what on earth is going on. So, you,、yeah. you know, even if they don't understand everything, you kind of go, I want to understand. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. And also, I think we wanted students to know that、um, movies could be in Chinese.、Um, so, It's not always just translating English to Chinese. So we、um, explained to them books could be in Chinese as well.、Um, I even、um, showed them that Roald Dahl's books、uh, were translated into Chinese as well because they were into um, um, his books. So, because for them, when they learn Chinese, I think translating English to Chinese is a process they are going through. But I, we do want them to bypass English, like from their experience to, the, to Chinese or the Chinese language straight away. Hopefully, later on, they are thinking in Chinese when they're 
in the um, Chinese environments or when they're immersed in the Chinese language. So that's, I think that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you still think in Chinese? Um, <laughs> yeah, it really depends on who I am talking to. Mm. If I'm at school, I'm more thinking in English. And then if I'm talking to my family, I think, yeah, I'm still um, thinking and talking in Chinese. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I think that's yeah what we want the students to, to do as well. When they're speaking in Chinese, we want them to be thinking in Chinese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about this last one that that the name I can't pronounce, uh, and you said it's about the the the, the smart Alec lion. I think you said it's Q Q I A O H U. You better pronounce yeah. it for me. Yeah. Yeah. In this very basic two D animation, animals are playing. A pig with a ball walks along, then falls over. Pig starts crying. The hero of the whole show, the clever tiger, gives some advice and breaks into a happy song. This is a program that was made in Taiwan to teach small children speak Chinese because I do have a nephew who was watching this as well uh, to teach them daily routines, uh, going to kinder, um, how to say different colors. So I've, I think similar to the Peppa Pig, um, I chose this one because um, it's age appropriate again and it's quite relevant to their um, everyday life. Yeah, it's it, to me it looked like a, a Chinese... Uh, like a kids' show, almost like a Chinese Sesame Street. Um, yes. Where, you know, it's like characters, they're a young family, go, they go to discover things together, they go to the zoo, but they also enter these magical worlds. They follow a penguin, in, a penguin into an igloo that transports them to the North Pole with ice castles. And mm-hmm. But then, you know, we're back at a shopping centre and they're talking about rubbish and how waste gets separated and processed and playing and learning with a child in their room is an electronic game and a recording device and, you know, it's it's fast-moving, it's brightly coloured, full of lots mm. of, you know, lots of distracting, you know, yes. stuff that you see on, on kids' show. So mm. um, so I guess, as you say, it's it's a teaching tool, but it's teaching um, in, in language, so it's not assuming there's any English there at all, is there? Mm. I think there are sessions um, to, to teach Chinese-speaking children uh, to speak English, um, but we watched um, the only the, the the teaching Chinese sessions because I think for me, um, like Chinese is my first language, and so we I learned how to speak in Chinese before I went to school, and then for our students, even though Chinese is their second language, but for some vocabularies, if they haven't learned it in English, so those that part becomes their first language in Chinese. So we really want them to be able to not use English as a bridge, but to from the concept or the objects to Chinese straight away. Um, so that's why we do a lot of oral language activities and to be to listening to 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 be listening to these cartoons or the Tiaohu series um, and and we wanted to immerse them in the language as well. Like when we learned our first language, 
we were just imitating or repeating. So we want them to be to to do the same thing, not to worry about um, recognizing characters, just to learn the vocabularies, how people say things and they repeat gradually. It becomes their oral language, and then later on. Their oral language um, helps them with their reading and writing. Mm. Mm. So, would you say that's one of the things that the the greatest value of short films and videos, TV programs, uh, is? You know, what? Why? Why would you use that in the classroom? What's the value for you as a teacher? Um, I think there are a few reasons. One of them is um, they are engaging. So, children respond to um, sounds and cartoons, bright colours. Um, 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 cartoon characters uh, very well, so they are engaging. Uh, the other thing is that they don't always listen to, like me, one person talking in Chinese and listen to um, different people talking in Chinese. And it and also it covers um, the topics that are most relevant to them. So the language they learn from these videos or films. Um, they can use it straight away. So if they can repeat and then use it um, in the classroom. So I think that's the most valuable thing. Mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Just to sort of wrap it up here, what what advice would you have for people like that? What's, I, I guess I'm coming from this point of view and it's identified in the national curriculum where one of the, the priorities is, is Asia and Australia's relationship with Asia. And I think language is at the heart of the problems that we have, you know, connecting Asia to Australia because they're so different. So I I see that understanding a little bit more language helps the two different cultures come together more. So I, I guess I see film as a good way to to connect two different cultures. Um, so what advice would you have for someone like me that's got a little bit of interest in finding out more but is is blocked by the by the language barrier that I just don't understand it. I think documentaries could be could be um, quite like straightforward, and uh, there are different areas um, depends on what you would like to get to know more. And the other thing could be travelling to yeah. <laughs> like going to China. Yeah, yeah. Um, to see what people are. Um, doing are like or what yeah what their life is um, like there in China and how is it different and also with with sometimes with our students we do a lot of um, picture chat as well so when I travel to China I will take some photos um, like I spent the Chinese New Year this year in China with my family so I took a lot of photos the decorations on the streets um, food people eat um, so and the dragon um, dragon dance performances, um, some videos as well. So and then when I came back, I showed my photos to the class, and then we had a um, discussion about the photos and the traditions and customs. Um, so yeah, so the picture chat is uh, one of the um, good ways to to get to know a country or culture i guess mm-hmm. is there anything else I'm, I'm also just trying to get a handle on what's um what's the thing that most motivates you or gets you most excited about bilingual teaching it at the level that you're doing it i think one of the reasons is that um, like you were saying i was amazed uh with what they can do in chinese I always remember the first day when I came to Richmond as a casual relief teacher and I walked into a prep classroom 
and they were reading in Chinese. They were speaking in Chinese and they were writing um, very simple sentences in Chinese. I was amazed with what they are doing um, in Chinese. So that's, I think that was one of the reasons. And the other thing is that I think um, to, to talk about China and the Chinese culture to introduce these into a different um, dif um, different part of the world to Australia to our school. Um, I think that's I think these are the two things I feel like yep yeah, that this is what I uh, want to do. Excellent. Thank you for uh, thank you for sharing all of that. It's um it's it's a great school. Yeah, the um, leadership team has been very supportive. Our principals. And also we have whole the whole school um, cultural events as well. For example, tomorrow will be the Chinese Dragon Boat Festival and the whole school, in, including the classes that are not doing the Chinese um, language, will be celebrating these events um, as well. So we have information sheets for the teachers and um, um, templates for making dragon boats. So it's a whole school event. So everyone is involved and um, included. So yeah, which was really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much. That was that was very interesting. Find all the film links and related notes in the description and look out for the edited highlights of this discussion on YouTube. This show is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. To learn more, visit edupodcastnetwork.com.